You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bible Plus podcast. Today in this episode, we're going to cover chapter 11 of the Gospel of Mark. Um, I love being in this gospel with you all. Um, a lot of people know this as the shortest gospel and easy to glance over a lot of the details. <clears throat> now, if you remember, um, what's emphasized and what we really see our Savior Jesus as in this gospel is the slave of God, um, who, who serves God and serves man. Uh, we have our theme verse just last chapter, Mark 10 45. Uh, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom <clears throat> for many. And, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, often with someone with perhaps a lower position, um, or occupation, um, it, it, it could be easy to glance over, um, that, that can be a tendency, you know? Um, but just think if, if the leader or the president of a nation became the janitor at your campus serving you, um, that would be a big deal. This is God in the flesh and what his life does when, when it meets us and we see it is it, it serves us. Uh, and it's, it's absolutely, um, according to God's will and it's serving God. This life serves God and it serves man. <clears throat> and it's so beautiful. So there's so much beauty we can see in the life of Christ as the servant in this gospel. Okay. And I want us to keep in mind, even in this chapter, the Lord is serving. Um, keep in mind that he's has these group of disciples with him that follow him everywhere he goes. They're the ones who wrote, you know, these books, uh, wrote down the words that he said. So they were there definitely observing and they were learning from him what it means to live the life of God in humanity. You know, that, that is the kind of help we really need as believers. When I was, uh, new to following the Lord in college, <clears throat> there was an older brother in Christ I spent a lot of time with. And, you know, just his living was a serving to me, just just doing all sorts of normal human things, eating out, being stuck in traffic together. It was like a discipling and a service to me of what the Christian life is. And that's the way the Lord is serving us even here, <clears throat> even as, as he's journeying up to Jerusalem and about to be examined before his crucifixion. All right. Um, so I want to uh, start looking at the text here with you guys from chapter 11. Jesus is going up to Jerusalem. Remember, remember he's told his disciples, I need to go up to Jerusalem and the son of man is going to be crucified. He's told them several times and now he's doing it. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, Jesus gives these prophetic words, go into this village and get, you know, a colt and a donkey and this and that. Um, and I want us to look at verse three. He says, if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And they will immediately send it here again. Um, this may be a new thought that the Lord has need of it. Something we could glance over or we could say, well, surely that doesn't mean what it says that the Lord has need because God has no needs. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a, absolutely a truth to, to that, that God has no needs. But in humanity and in God's move, and what the Lord wants to do in his move on earth, 
uh, there's this principle in the Bible that he absolutely has a need of human cooperation for the carrying out of the gospel service. And this is huge. And so I want to look down at verse seven and eight. Uh, they bring in the colt to Jesus as he instructed, and they throw their garments on it. And he sat on it. And then verse eight. So the disciples spread their garments on the, the colt for him to sit on. And verse eight, many spread their garments in the road. And others spread layers of branches full of tender leaves, having cut them out of the fields. So just think about it. Imagine this. Uh, the disciples take off their garments and put them on this colt for Jesus to sit upon. And then all the people, they're, they're laying down their garments and putting fresh branches to make like a sidewalk path, like a, a carpet p- paved way for um, the slave savior to enter Jerusalem. Okay, now in the Bible, our garments signify man's conduct and virtues that are expressed through us. Um, So listen to this, that the disciples put their garments on the colt for the Lord to ride on and many more spread their garments in the road for him to pass through. What this signifies on the one hand that they revere him, but on the other hand that their conduct, uh, which was, you know, an expression of their virtues was a seat on which he could rest and a way that he could pass through. How about that? When we cooperate with the Lord um, and, and love the Lord and follow him and serve him, our conduct can be a seat for the Lord to rest upon and ride upon and, and a pathway for him to, to walk upon and travel through. Uh, that's really incredible to think about. Uh, so these are what the Lord's followers and lovers uh, were doing as he's journeying up to Jerusalem on the way to his crucifixion. Okay. And in, in this next section, um, you know, he's coming up to Jerusalem and what he encounters is, uh, the, the fig tree and the temple, you know, the fig tree was a, a symbol of the nation of Israel. That's uh, seen in Jeremiah 24. Um, but here the fig tree, it was fruitless. So the Lord curses it. And then the temple was the center of God's people's relationship with God, but it was corrupted. People were there trying to make money off of God's things and it was contaminated. It was completely impure. So he had to cleanse it and turn over the tables and cast, you know, people out. Um, so what's interesting here is in, in the, in, um, because Jerusalem's misstep, I mean, Israel's misstep here, uh, we know that in the New Testament, the Lord passes on this responsibility to the church. Um, in John 15, the church is, is the group of, is God's people as branches abiding in the vine, bearing fruit to him. Because Israel didn't bear fruit as a fig tree. God wants fruit from the, the church. That's incredible. He wants people to be born into Christ and he wants to have so much fruit for the Father's satisfaction. Um, and in this age, the church is first Timothy three, the house of the living God. And in Ephesians two, the temple. So the church should be cleansed of all, um, contamination and impurities and all other motives. And we should let the Lord purify our hearts so we can express him as his house. Um, I just love that he's, he's cursing the fig tree and cleansing the temple, but we need to realize that in the new Testament, the church has these responsibilities. Okay. And in the last part of this chapter, 
Jesus begins being examined and tested by the religious ones. Um, I just want you to listen to this, okay? So in his preparation in Jerusalem for his redemptive work, you know what his major work was? It was to confront the opposing Jewish leaders. They should have been the builders of God's building, but they had actually been usurped by God's enemy, the devil, instigated by him to plot to kill Jesus, who's the Messiah. How about that? That's a big 180. Uh, in this confrontation under their subtle and evil questioning, testing, and examining, his human dignity was expressed in his human genuineness. So as they're confronting him and opposing him, remember, the disciples are there watching everything. And Jesus' genuineness in his divine wisdom is being expressed, and his disciples are, are witnessing this. He's serving them, even as he's going to the cross. And um, what was expressed was this, this fine human conduct and perfection that, listen to this, eventually his fault finders became his quality provers. The more they tried to find fault, the more they proved his quality and perfection as the God-man, as the one about to carry out his redemptive service as the slave of God. And even in the midst of that, he's there. He remembers that he has his young followers there and he's discipling them and serving them just by the way he lives. What a pattern. What a savior. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Um, thanks for joining everyone. I hope uh, you got something out of Mark chapter 11. Have a great day.